Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the second episode of the Indie Elixir podcast. My name's Carter Bryden, and every episode I'm going to be talking about uh, side projects and independent work in Elixir. So I know the first episode was a little bit uh, rambly, and uh, we were all over the place there. I really just wanted to get at least the first episode out so that I would push myself to do the rest of these. So I'm going to try and tighten them up a little bit, uh, make it a little bit nicer for you to listen to. So uh, sorry if there were any uh, banging sounds or background noise there in the last one. I'm going to work on that going forward. So this episode, I wanted to talk about how I learned Elixir, why I learned it, uh, what's going to be happening with the podcast going forward, that kind of stuff. So uh, to start with, uh, the reason why I wanted to learn Elixir in the first place, uh, well, there were a number of reasons, actually. Uh, so first of all, I was getting pretty frustrated by PHP, uh, its lack of real-time features. So at the time, uh, and this is well over a year ago, you know, a year and a half, almost two years ago now that I started learning this, um, I was working with some things that needed to communicate in real time with the server from the client side, and I was having a lot of trouble with that. Uh, using PHP, I had to pull in other languages or use other services like Pusher, things like that. Uh, and it just felt, it felt a bit gross to me, I guess, is all I can say. Um, and so that was one of the first things that sort of got me looking at other languages. I mean, if I was already going to pull in another language, maybe I should just switch to that language. Um, the other thing, uh, that I was, uh, looking at there, uh, one of the reasons why I was looking at Elixir in the first place was uh, I was looking for something new and exciting. At the time, I was doing some interesting things with real time, but a lot of the work I was doing was fairly uh, routine, a little bit tedious maybe, kind of repeating things. Um, and I was losing some interest in my work a little bit, uh, some of the work anyways. And so the what I was thinking was if I could learn this new language, you know, I'd, I'd be excited about it, I would want to learn, it would bring back some of that interest into the work, that kind of thing, and honestly, that really did work. That that sounds like a terrible reason to learn something new, but it really got me fired up, and, you know, it's it's made me a lot happier as a developer in, in my day-to-day. Uh, another reason, uh, I'd been intrigued by functional programming, I'd been attending some meetups and things like that, and they weren't functional programming meetups, but there were a lot of functional programmers at them. And so after a while, you know, after listening to people talk about it and kind of talk it up quite a bit, I eventually asked someone, you know, well, what should I look at? What should I start with? And one of the recommendations was Elixir. And one of them was another one, which I can't remember now. It was a statically typed one. Um, And so at the time I was thinking, well, I'm pretty much only using dynamically typed languages right now. I'd like to keep some level of, you know, comfortability in there. And so I went with Elixir. And the more I looked into it, the more I thought, wow, this really looks like something for me. Uh, So one of the things that I found is that functional programming and and functional thinking is much more direct in its approach, at least to my mind. Uh, And it's a lot more similar to the way that I think in general. Uh, You know, it tends to be actions and verbs rather than nouns and uh, objects and state, you know, we're always, we're doing something. I'm going to give you this, do something with it and give me the result back. That's the basis of functions really. Um, I'd also been learning about event-based systems like event sourcing and in my head, functional programming lined up a lot better with that. 
uh, you know, that kind of thinking. And, and uh, if I was going to be doing that, I thought, well, by learning functional, you know, maybe I'll make this easier on myself. And I still haven't done a whole lot of event-based uh, uh, work or learning. Um, so that, that maybe that reason fell a little bit flat, but I still do think that it's, it's a really great paradigm to be coming from if I want to move into, uh, you know, things like event sourcing and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, another big one, which I didn't know at first, but after looking into it, I really realized like, wow, concurrency. Um, the more I look at programming and computing in general, like the low hanging fruit over the, over the next, you know, decade or so really seems to be in performance, at least really seems to be concurrency, you know, making use of all these extra cores and things that we're building into our processors and stuff now. Um, for a long time, we were making faster and faster processors and we're still doing that, but you know, the whole Moore's law has slowed down some, um, and we're, we're getting a lot of easy wins or easier wins with multi-core, you know, and concurrency really lines up with that really well. So I just thought I might as well pick one that's going to be great at that. Uh, and Elixir with Erlang underneath is just amazing at it. So, uh, you know, that was that was one thing that really intrigued me. Um, it also felt just familiar enough to make me comfortable immediately. And so what I mean by that is it had dynamic typing. It had a great web framework in Phoenix. It had an ecosystem and tools that, to my mind, easily rivaled what I was used to working with in, you know, PHP with Composer and and uh, all the, the ecosystem built around Laravel, for instance, or Ruby on Rails, things like that. Um, so that was that was really nice to see. And I didn't feel like I was giving up really anything coming over to it, which was really nice. Um, so how I began learning was, I think, you know, the way that a lot of developers begin their learning. Uh, and so all I did was I just followed the instructions and installed Elixir. I actually installed Phoenix right away as well, too, because I thought, well, that's what I'm going to want to use. So I might as well learn that right off the bat, which I think was a mistake uh, at the time. And so just following the instructions, messing around with it, trying to do some things, trying to maybe follow a couple of tutorials online. And that got rough me roughly nowhere useful. Uh, I was confused at some of the very fundamental and basic stuff like assignment and pattern matching, which now I'm very, very comfortable with. But at the time it was, it was just new enough and strange enough that reading it on a page and then trying to do it myself, I was only sort of half getting it and it, it wasn't working very well for me. So, uh, after, after a little while of this and not really getting anywhere and be actually getting a little bit frustrated with myself, um, I ended up buying a Udemy course, and the name of that Udemy course was the Complete Elixir in Phoenix Bootcamp, which was really great, although I was a little bit disappointed at the end, which I'll, I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, but uh, this, you know, this really jumped me forward. It was basically the equivalent of having someone sit there and show you this one, you know, one step at a time. Um, and all I had to do was sit down, have it installed, follow the videos, kind of that sort of thing. And that got me, honestly, maybe... 50% of the way there knowledge-wise with Elixir. Uh, now, 50% is, that's the easiest 50%. Every percentage point after that, you know, for proficiency or however you want to define it, tends to be, you know, twice as hard or it takes twice as long as the percentage point before it. So 51% is going to be twice as hard as the first 50%. And then 52% 
is going to take twice as long as 51% and that kind of thing. And so, you know, that was where the real learning began after that. But um, with the course, it, it really did jump me forward from zero to, to a pretty good place, I felt like. Um, so, you know, it's for one thing, it started with plain Elixir and building simple modules expanding on those, you know, using each idea like stacking bricks. And that's just a really great way to learn programming in general, in my opinion, especially when you're using things that are composable, uh, you know, like functional programming tends to be. And uh, that really that really worked quite well for me. Um, there was one section where we built an avatar uh, pattern image generator. So sort of like you would see on GitHub. Actually, I don't even know if they still have that, but... Uh, if you don't have an avatar, it builds a random pattern image, you know, so just like pink or green or blue or something like that, um, pixels in some strange pattern, and it's arranged based on your username. So every different image would be unique to every different username, which is kind of a nice way to do things. And so the reason why I really liked that section was uh, because that really drove home the idea that everything, it's just functions group by modules like that's all it is everything's very flat and i'm i'm so used to coming from the uh the object oriented landscape i'm so used to thinking of things as like this 3d sort of complicated monolith where everything stacks on each other and there's you know ropes tying everything to everything else and it gets it gets pretty confusing and hard for me to hold in my head but this is again it's just action so this does this then it does that then it does this at the end, we get a result and we do something with it or, you know, we return it to the user or whatever. Um, and so this really kind of drove that home. It was like my mental map of programming just flattened out from this huge, complex, layered monolith in my head. And suddenly, you know, it, it, I could see everything again. You know, it was like leaving a big metropolis and suddenly, you know, you're out in the countryside and you can see for miles. Well, that was kind of what it was like for me. Um, and so... This also, you know, it made me more excited about the power of composing functions and things like that because this really showed that off and it felt like something like, I could reuse this. I could use this in tons of projects. Uh, and that was that was just a really nice feeling because for the first time it didn't feel like, well, well how the heck am I going to package this up and how am I going to do it? Like, no, it's just a module. Like, I could package that up in, you know, minutes easily. Uh, which in other languages, it's always, you know, I don't even bother half the time because I just know the amount of work it's going to take is maybe not worth it to actually do that. So that was really nice. Um, so eventually, you know, the course took me through Phoenix 1.2 and it did a good job of showing again that it's just functions and modules. You know, Phoenix isn't, uh, it's really not this huge behemoth that it, while it does have some things that make things easier for you, there's not a whole lot of real magic going on. It's just functions. And so if you want to know how something works, you can just look it up in the code there. And like it's it's pretty clear, um, which I'm, I'm also not all that used to. You know, you see people, if anyone here is familiar with Laravel and, and uh, Laracast and, and some of the people in that community, when they're doing their uh, their live streams or things like that, they'll go and look at the functions of the framework itself. And they seem to know where everything is and it's really easy and and, uh, but when I was watching them, I kept thinking like, wow, this seems, you know, how would you know that? How would, how would you know how to do this? This seems very complicated. It seems like you need a lot of extra knowledge and information. And maybe that's just my lack of knowledge really showing off there. But, uh, 
with Phoenix, that suddenly felt like that's a very normal, real and easy thing to do. I could just go and look at the framework code and sure enough, I would figure it out. So that was really nice. Um, and you know, again, this is really different from how I'd mentally mapped out other frameworks like Laravel, SalesJS, Rails, that kind of stuff. Uh, it was just modules and functions. Um, so the reason why I said before I was a little bit disappointed with the course at the end there was it was never actually completely finished. Uh, the instructor uh, had said that he was going to do Phoenix 1.3, but honestly, I can understand why he didn't finish it because Phoenix 1.3 took a little while to come out. And at this point, the course had been out, for, I think, for you know maybe two years or something like that. At some point, this guy's got a, you know, the instructor has to move on with his life. Uh and really moving from Phoenix 1.2 to 1.3, I was I was at a point later on that I didn't even really need to come back to the course to figure that out. I just, you know, read the documentation and, and checked out the forums and uh, kind of worked itself out. So it wasn't as big of a deal as I thought it would be. So if you're looking to learn Elixir and Phoenix from zero, I, I would actually recommend the course. Uh, you know, it'll be a, a slightly dated now, but I think you'll do just fine. I haven't really seen anything else that I thought compared very well to it, but again, that might just be something I just don't know enough about. Uh, so now that I'd taken this course, uh, I'd kind of self-taught myself uh, some things there. I, you know, I knew enough to be dangerous, basically. So I was excited and I was ready to build a project that had been brewing in my head for years, which, as I mentioned last episode, was Forte Chat. Uh, so if you weren't listening to the last episode. I honestly don't even recommend going back. It wasn't very good. But, uh, you know, Forte Chat is it's going to be a platform for experts and enthusiasts on any topic to sell their help and advice over video chat. Like, that that's the general idea. You know, anyone should be able to sell their advice and anyone should be able to go and get help from these people on demand or scheduled, that kind of thing. So um, working on Forte Chat was really where my serious learning actually began. You know, that those hard-earned percentage points of knowledge over 50%, you know, proficiency at, at this whole deal. Um, so the course helped me make those early leaps and bounds going from zero to 50%. Um, but as I said before, you know, every percentage point after that is almost twice as hard as, as the one before it. So in the course of building four day chat, you know, which is very nearly ready to launch here. Um, so I've been working on it for a little over a year and a half. Um, <clears throat> excuse me uh so i learned things like users and authentication which i talked a little bit about last episode i'm sure i'll do another episode on that at some point uh to uh talk a little more thoroughly about it um i also learned things like configuring a phoenix app past the initial starting config so they give you a really great starting point but there's plenty of things to configure there if you want to or you need to um and so i was learning things like that i learned Channels and web sockets in Phoenix, uh, which I make heavy use of in Forte Chat. Um, the built-in documenta documentation features, which, I mean, obviously the course touched on a lot of these a little bit, but you don't really get fully used to it until you've used it uh, in your day-to-day. -day. And so that's one thing that I really love is the built-in documentation features, which include doc tests so that when you run your testing suite, you can run those as well. And know that your documentation is up to date and actually works, which is awesome. So, um, and a doc test is really, it's an example that would show up in your, your documentation, but it also is an example that can actually be run, which is really cool. 
Um, so, you know, I was learning things like testing the Elixir way, which isn't that different than testing many other frameworks, but there's a few differences there. Um, and I'm a big, uh, a big proponent of, um, test driven development. I think the way that a lot of people do it almost goes a little too far, especially when you're working on something that's totally greenfield, you don't know what you're looking to build. And so you tend to change your code a lot at the beginning. And that basically means if you're doing test driven development, you're rewriting two things and also dealing with the relationship between them. So the test and, and the code that, that it actually runs in is testing. And so what I like to do is sort of, uh, uh, get to a reasonable point, stabilize what I actually want a little bit and then do test driven refactoring basically. So I always live for the refactor and maybe I'll do an episode on that at some point, but uh, just like you would do multiple drafts of an essay or a novel or something like that. Uh, I like to get everything out and make it work and then refactor it and build tests for the refactor, which maybe some people would disagree with. Um, you know, if I was building something really routine, I would build tests first. But if I'm building something that I don't even know what I want yet, I'm not going to do tests first because I'm going to have to change a lot more and it feels a lot more brittle. Uh, building things that way initially. So anyways, I was learning uh, quite a bit about testing in Elixir. Um, I was learning Ecto and Postgres, which I'd never used Postgres before, but I love it now. It's it's as easy, at least as easy to use as MySQL um, and just has a ton of features that are awesome. So I really like that. Uh, Ecto is really great. I love the uh, the idea behind schemas and the way that you think of things, not necessarily as models, which people tend to think of, they think of it as a database table, which Ecto and, and Phoenix and, and Elixir have really shown me is maybe not the best way to do that. So I really like the thinking behind that and the way it made me change my development. Um, general concurrency and, and how to do that in Elixir, but uh, especially, you know, what should I make concurrent and what can be synchronous, what should be synchronous, what should be asynchronous, that kind of stuff. Uh, there was lots to learn there. There's still lots for me to learn there. Um, but there were some things that I was able to just massively speed up and do some really cool things really quickly, which I enjoyed a lot. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, there's, there's sort of Elixir or Erlang and Elixir specific things like gen servers and supervisors that again, feel almost not like magic in the sense of programming where, you know, it's doing something you don't understand, but like they're just they're just such good ideas that I I you know I really love them. I loved learning about them and it felt like with all these features I was essentially every time I learned a new thing like a gen servers and and supervisors and things like that I was going okay well I can get rid of you know this all these other things that I was using before these other languages these other tools and now I'm just using elixir for everything. Like I I don't think I use anything but elixir for Forte chat. And so that's handling like caching with uh, ETS tables and things like that. That's handling uh, like event logging, um, you know, backflow, all these all these kinds of things that you can just you can handle nicely with gen servers, supervisors, ETS tables, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a ton more things. So that's what this podcast is going to explore going forward. Um, all the things I've learned, not necessarily from a teaching perspective, but just to share them with anybody who's interested. Um, and of course, all the things that I'm still learning going through uh, developing Forte Chat and all these other Elixir projects that I'm certain I'll be working on. Um, 
you know, I, I would really love this podcast to be something where I can just share things with you as I'm working on them. And maybe, you know, I'll say some dumb things along the way or uh, just be wrong. But that that's something I'm open to, you know, as if I can make this honest and off the cuff, then I think it'll be a lot more interesting to listen to. And it'll be a nice outlet, honestly, for me to talk about the things I'm working with. Um, so now I'm over a year into working on a real project uh, that I care a lot about. And I can definitely say that Elixir is my main language going forward. Uh, I love the functional way of thinking. I love the focus on developer experience. You know, things like great errors and documentation, those doc tests I was talking about before. Um, I love the ecosystem and the tools which feel like they were designed specifically for people like me. Like it, it's honestly, every time I use it, I'm like, wow, I didn't have to think. I just use it. I just tried use it. I tried a command. I tried doing this and it worked. And if it didn't, it told me, well, you're probably looking for this, which is awesome. Um, it has everything that I'm used to. So when I came over here, again, I didn't feel like I was giving anything up. Um, I love the performance that it comes with. Even when I don't really need performance, it's just nice to know that I don't have to write things in sometimes in ways that I don't necessarily really like writing it that way, but that's the way I'm going to get the best performance. So I've done that in other languages. You know, you're, I'm caching more than I want to be, things like that, where with Elixir, I don't even, I don't think about caching first. I think about like, what's it going to be like to maintain this and use this later, um, which is really nice. Uh, so basically, I love everything about Elixir. And I can't wait to talk about it some more. So I hope you enjoyed listening. I hope you'll join me in the next episode. And uh, it's been great. So folks, until next time, thanks.